Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Holy cow! Please shut up! Please shut up! Gangsters, what's up, guys? I would be honored if you played football for this team. Me play football? Fans do it and adore the damn bulldog, baby! Sorry, wait. The mom made me put on my jacket, and then she made me do the dishes. What we've got here is failure to communicate. That's so funny. Last time I heard that, I laughed so hard I fell off my dinosaur. Just a bit outside. Oh, look at the sugar falling out of the sky. Look at the sugar falling out of the sky. I think you'll ever get out of here. One day, when I got a long white beard and two or three marbles rolling around upstairs, they let me out. The Second String Podcast and Now Radio Show on 98.7 FM and AM 1340 WGAU, Athens News and Weather Station. Welcome back to the Second String Podcast and Radio Show. Now Radio Show. It's been a couple of weeks since we've talked to the Cheeseheads. Mr. Cotter. Mr. Cotter. Before my time, I never really watched Welcome Back, Cotter, but great, great theme song. John Sebastian. One of the best uh, in TV history, probably. Welcome back to the Second String Podcast. We got a lot to catch up on, man. I was doing this before you walked in the studio here to think, all right, what do we need to kind of catch up on that we haven't talked about? Do you realize that because of your busy, selfish schedule, Walker, that we have not even done a radio show and now podcast called The Second (laughs) String that has talked about the commitment of Dylan Riola to the University of Georgia? What? Blame yourself, man. I'm telling you, it's been a couple of weeks since we've done this thing here, man. And we've got a brand new quarterback. We got uh, kickoff times to get to. We mm-hmm. got a schedule to debate, which we may or may not have answers before this show is over. I don't know, man. We got a lot to do, Walker. Not a lot of time to do it. Well, this is talking season. Ooh, I love me some talking season, man. We've come to the right place because we can talk about all of it. I'm sorry. Look, the last couple of weeks. You and I both are trying to transition into summer, summer, summertime. It's summer, time. Summer, summertime. Time to sit back and unwind. It is a great, great time of year. We said goodbye to the Athens students like a month ago already. Mm-hmm. Time is kind of going pretty quick here. Now that we're into June, uh, we've had graduations for high school. They yep. they out. Mrs. Booker is now driving me crazy at the house two days into vacation. Mm. Can I tell you what happened real quick, not sports-related, on her very first day of vacation? And, Walker, I think you as a husband will know exactly what I'm about to say. 
and it's going to raise the hair on your arms, and you're going to get scared immediately. Mm. My usual quiet afternoons, yeah. where it's just me, there was somebody at the house rage cleaning the house. Uh-uh. No, That ain't it, man. I don't like where this is going. Rage cleaning is the most terrifying thing that any <laughs> spouse, husband, or wife could do because they're mad about something in their head, they're cleaning <laughs> to deal with that anger, and you are a target. You better grab a mop, you better grab a glove, you better do something, because if she comes in that room or he comes in that room, mm-hmm. and you're doing nothing but surfing TikTok while they're oh. cleaning, you are about to be a single oh, individual. Oh, 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 you are done. We're going to come visit you at the cemetery. Yes, sir, indeed. But no, it's it's she is very excited about her break, and damn it, she deserves it. Oh, for sure. I see what teachers do all year long but my afternoons are a little different right now well Walker. i'll say a couple of things first of all uh, rage cleaning mm. is is quite scary my, terrifying my wife dr walker does it all the time and it's usually uh, something that she is fuming about that i don't know yes what it is or i don't quite understand what it is and the more you ask like what it is mm. the less answers you're going to get and the more mad she's going to get so you kind of just have to stay out of the way and just wait for but, whatever but the wrath. that but that's risky too because mm. all of a sudden you're not you're not helping you're not doing anything mm. so you need to either put the dog on a leash and go yeah. for a long walk or you need to grab something and start cleaning mm-hmm. it right then and there there's your advice single people young people as you enter life I'll say this also um, one of the real benefits of our schedule and if you don't know both of us are on the radio early in the morning so one of the real benefits of our schedule is that we get to be done with work usually around noon or 1230 and before the pandemic Logan I would go home and the something beautiful would happen mm-hmm. I would go home and there would be no one there uh. The wife. I'm still there, man. She was at work. <laughs> the kids were at school. And I would go home and sit in a quiet house, take a nap. Sing about it, Walt. Those were the days back when I could go home and just go straight to sleep. Didn't have to deal with anyone's anxiety or concerns or feelings about what to eat for lunch. That everything is just not all equal. I had the same thing. Every single afternoon, I'd go home and take that nap. Now the wife is home, and the house is very clean. If I don't help her do it, then I'm going to be divorced. I don't want to get divorced. Fact check. No, the the bookers are fine. I just got to learn how to clean when it's time to clean. After after COVID, it was when my wife decided to leave her job and work from home and mm. finish her dissertation what so was she's she thinking? been at home um, you know my son graduated from high school so between that and college he was at home every day my daughter's been at home a lot more uh, it, you know it's just rare now that i get that time to myself and gosh darn it i miss it well i'll uh, tell you how it is over the years walker mm-hmm. because i still get those afternoons but i'll tell you what i've been doing in the afternoons is keeping up with cruton Cruton seems to be going pretty well for the dogs right now. That Dylan Riola thing that popped a couple of weeks ago, it wasn't unexpected at all, but man, mm. I'm not sure we're ever going to have a better class than what we're going to see right now at the University of Georgia. That everything is just not all equal. And I'm sorry, Kareen, if you guys had a Kirby Smart down in Gainesville, you also would be yielding top recruiting classes, but Billy Napier ain't it fam. I'll tell you that much right now. But it's true. I'm not going to sit here and go in-depth because we don't, 
deep dive into recruiting often, but there are some really big names, just put it that way, that look like they're probably going to be joining Dylan Raiola at the University of Georgia. And what this really, truly does is it sets up Georgia at the quarterback position for the next several years. It looks like I don't know what the lineage is going to exactly look like. I think you and I bear very safely assuming Carson Beck is the guy this year. Mm-hmm. He has more eligibility if he decides to come back. Brock Vandegrift still sitting there. Gunnar Stockton, also a safe bet that all those guys may not be graduating from the University of Georgia. The transfer portal is real. Uh, But Dylan Raiola, all the experts that watch this kid, Walker, say that we've got another Matthew Stafford coming into Athens in the next couple of years, and he may live up to that billing. That is exciting. I've heard good things. Uh, I've heard um, other comparisons to Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. uh, which is a different style quarterback than Matthew Stafford. I'll, you know, hey, I'll be happy with, with any of that. It all sounds good. Now, what you usually get, ABC, always be crouton, right? That's right. And what you usually get is when you get a big name like this, uh, one of the top players in the country, if not the top player in the country, then you have other people that are starting to get curious. They're starting to get interested in the University of Georgia because a lot of these recruits talk to each other, and they attend the same camps, and they attend the same events, and all of a sudden they'll say, well, you know, if Dylan Ryle is going over there, uh, I'm a wide receiver. You know, I'd, I'd like to play with him. How about the dog? <laughs> or, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a tailback. You know, I'd like to get in on that offense down there in Athens. I want you to eat! I want they want to eat. It is team players these days like to form super teams, and my God, how lucky are we that we're a desired location and program for a super team? If you're curious why it's so important that Georgia's been reeling off not just national championships, those are great, those are wonderful. I like them, but I would make an argument that those nights in April, when all those guys are getting their names called at the NFL draft. Those have equally been as big of nights as the national championships these last couple of years because, yeah, you want to win natties. You want to play on the biggest stage. You want to show your your skill set to the most people possible. You're, one, getting that at Georgia, and you got trophies and rings that come along with it. But mm-hmm. those draft nights, man, Georgia setting all those records, all those graphics that, that Georgia's putting out on its social about the records and all the things that they're setting the bar in in a NFL draft, that is what Kirby probably starts the conversation with, with Dylan Raiola and others is, do you want to make millions and millions and millions of dollars one day? Let's have a lot of fun on the way mm-hmm. to that. And you can do that at the University of Georgia. Well, you know, college football and, and college athletics really in general, but it's such a, uh, a, a unique thing because recruiting is it. it it's the lifeblood. It's why, to your point, Nick Saban uh, in an interview once uh, – right after he won a national championship, was complaining about the national championship game being too late uh, in the month of January because it was messing up his recruiting. And they're like, really? You're more concerned about recruiting than winning a national championship? And he was like, yes, I I absolutely am. I've heard Kirby say something similar about the SEC championship game. He's like, I love this game, man, but other coaches are already beating us on the trail. Oh, yeah. They're already out there recruiting. We're out here winning SEC championships. It's like, bro. At some point, now this Bruh. is me. This is me as a fan. We're so lucky to have Kirby that gets it and is damn good at it. Mm-hmm. And he'll always be recruiting first. But at some point, don't you want to play football or no recruit to play football games, not play football games to recruit? Mm. 
as a fan, as a consumer, I would so much rather win a fall Saturday than a recruiting yeah. battle in, in July. Yeah. But I get that they but are 1,000% connected. Yeah, you have to win both. And I, I think when you have a home game in the fall, if you're Kirby Smart or anyone on his staff, you have two goals on that Saturday. One is to win the game and beat and demoralize your opponent. The other is to put on a real good show for all the kids that are in the crowd watching. But I've heard Kirby even say, and this was brought up this week, that Kirby has made just little little comments here and there, not like a he's not, you know, lobbying and stumping for the change or anything, but he's like he said that night games give him less time to talk to the recruits that are mm-hmm. there. Okay, I get it, Kirby. I get it. I do. But like, we as the consumers, we as the fans in the stands that want to watch the wins because of those recruits and pay a ton of money to do so. And don't get me wrong, night games in Athens are good for recruiting. There's a lot of very positive things that come out of there. But that's just a little glimpse in the mind of Kirby that he's not thinking about the light show in Sanford. He's thinking of how can I get that five star that's visiting to get the most one on one time with yeah. me and coach the guys on the field as well en route to national championships. That's why he's a $100 million man, Walter. That's right. And, and you know, and this is a, a, a kind of a longstanding joke uh, amongst Georgia fans, but that's also why you hear so much uh, hip-hop music in the stadium. That's mm-hmm. why you hear uh, music that 18-year-olds like That's in the cranked stadium. up to a 12. Right, because and, and Mr. You know, 55-year-old guy, you know, somebody around my age is going to sit there and go, well, God, what is this music? This is terrible. Wait, are uh, you 55 now? No, you're not 55. Neither Holy am cow. I. But I'm just saying, like, people that are in, in their 40s or 50s like us. <clears throat> well, look, my father-in-law is in his 70s. He complains about it a lot. Yeah, and, well, it's not for you, and, But he gets that, and he, yeah. he admits that. He's like, man, I hate it. But it's not for me. I like championships. It's like I, I get that right. Too. Do you want to win championships? Well, then you got to listen to Young Gravy sometimes. Yeah, I don't think a Neon Moon by Gar- uh, Brooks and Dunn is going to get the crowd fired up. Now that new remix would. Have you heard that? I have not. But it's a couple of years old. Remind me during the break. I'll bring it back. I'll bring us right. back with it. It's good stuff. Um, speaking of night games, loud music, uh, speakers up to a twelve. Give me your reaction when you saw that Georgia. And UT Martin, which mm. is 93 days away from recording, is going to be a 6 o'clock kickoff on September 2nd. Man, I am so ready for this game. I mean, this is going to be a nail-biter, like a down-to-the-wire. Mm. I hope uh, they don't take us to overtime because I'm not sure we're going to be conditioned mm. to last an extra That's period. That's true. It's a good point. Whoever yeah. has the ball last could mm. very well win a game like this. That's what's up. No, it's going to be at least 42-3 to three by halftime. So when you call this a night game and it's a 6 o'clock kickoff, uh, it's conditional because it's going to be night in the second half, okay? How many people are still going to be around for the second half of the UT Martin game? And for your Krypton fanfare and your light show between the third and the fourth quarter. And was flawless in the fourth quarter alone. Oh, yeah, we will be flawless in the fourth quarter. but the, the walk-ons will. They will be. But everybody is really excited to see that. But is anybody going to still be around at the end of the third quarter to see it? I have no problem with the kickoff time, and I'll be dead honest here. I advocate I love night games maybe more than anybody else out there. I I wish they were all 7.30 or 8 o'clock kickoffs all year long. Mm -hmm. Sign me up for that, but that's not the way it works. 
That being said, when you play a team like a UT Martin or a Ball State, I would almost rather a noon kickoff because I don't like these cash for clunker games. We had a great chat, great rant with Bill Shanks down in Macon on our show today. We talk Braves with him, but we also drop in uh, football news because he talks about it all. Man, he went off this morning. Go find it on the Ref On Demand uh, about these cash for clunker games and how just dumb they are. I don't like anything about them. I, I echo Bill there. So when you play a UT Martin, a Ball State, a UAB, a, a, a Charleston Southern, I'm of the belief that these are dumb anyway. Let's go ahead and get them over with so that I can go home and watch real <laughs> SEC and in primetime football. Unfortunately, mm. my program's not participating in that today. So that being said, you said everything that I echo as well is that the 6 o'clock kick – is it a night game by definition? Sure, I'm not denying mm-hmm. that. But but when Georgia yesterday put out that hype video of all the lights and the light show and the packed crowd going nuts as the Krypton fanfare, all those things that I love and we've not seen in Sanford Stadium since early 2021, you ain't getting that. No. <laughs> Don't be fooled. I did my astronomical research, Walker. Yeah, you heard that right. I looked it up. Astronomical. The sunset in Athens, Georgia, on September 2nd is at 7.58, and that is non-negotiable. 7.58. Can we get that bumped up by an hour? No, a full two hours after kickoff, and that's just the, like, actual sunset. It's still going to be light outside 30 to 35 minutes after that. Sure. And not, you know what I'm saying, it's it's dusk, it's not light, but it's not Mm -hmm. nighttime either. So to your point, and I went on this yesterday... Georgia should be and will be, I have no problem saying that, up by a lot of points. Carson Beck and Dejon Edwards and, and Kendall Milton, Brock Bowers, all of our stars, all of those defensive guys to the uh, Jamon Dumas-Johnsons and, and Michael Williams, they ain't playing in the second half of this what? game. I'm sorry. That is stupid. If you put them out there with a 40-45 to 45 point lead, and God forbid we have a nickel state situation. We need those guys. But all this, oh, the nighttime atmosphere, here it comes. No, it's not. You're going to have a half-filled stadium with, with whatever. But again, let me make sure I'm saying this right. I am so thankful that we're getting close to football. Mm-hmm. I am giddy excited about that game. I just don't like being told that, hey, here you go. Here's the night game you guys have been craving for so long when it's far from what I've been craving. It's it, Again, it's a night game. It's not a real night game, and hopefully that will happen later in the season. Although, you know, when you're looking at who's coming to Athens that might be a, a big enough deal mm-hmm. to put on a 7.30 ESPN or something – Maybe the old misses when they show up, but that might end up being 330. But, but remember how it works, too, is that CBS 330 gets the very first pick. Yeah, and I, I'm glad you said that because yeah. people still are yeah. confused, I think, it, and think that the university chooses the time no. for the game. In fact, this is a great time to jump off here real quick, have a quick break. We'll come back and talk about a couple more kickoff times, All right, and we'll refresh everybody on how all that stuff works. The interns... They're going mad already. We got to hit a break. Kareen's having a good morning this morning. Two national championships. Right. She's celebrating those eight, those two thousand Gators with her, <laughs> her uh, two two national championships. We won. Wait, wait. Florida finished the two thousand eight season. We'll cut her off right there. We'll hit a break. <laughs> come back on the other side. Second string podcast and radio show on WGAU. That was really a pr- productive segment, wasn't it?
You're listening to The Second String on 98.7 FM and AM 1340 WGAU, Athens News and Weather Station. Go Gator. I don't really like Florida, not whatsoever. I'm always a Gator hater. I'm going to miss the hell out of this, Walker. The oh. SEC on CBS Music, it's not going with the SEC to its new deal, unfortunately. We get one more season of it. But we get one more season, and we know we're going to have at least one game. Well, there uh, two games. Two? I'm sorry. Two. Georgia-South Carolina Week 3, 3.30 kickoff between the hedges on SEC on CBS. And as always, it is never breaking news, even though every year somebody acts like it's breaking news. The Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> And the Florida Gators, Walker, will always play at 3.30 in Jacksonville. I don't, I don't think it's part of the contract, but it may as well uh, be part of the contract. So just just deal with that. The I'm, Florida Gators are, again, a championship team that have made history. I'm, I'm old enough to remember. Oh. I'm old enough to remember back in the 80s when that game would sometimes be played at like 1230. What are the 1980s? That's right. That game would be uh, on TBS, the Superstation, (laughs) back in the day. We interrupted the Braves game for the (laughs) Georgia-Florida kickoff. And then uh, they tried it at night a couple of Mm -hmm. times. Doesn't work, man. Oh, it's it's too much. It would be even worse now because the last couple times I've been down there watching the number one Georgia Bulldogs whip up on those Gators. Everything is just not all equal. Not the last couple games, Kareen. It's been a lot of fun, but it's been a little bit of a scary mess in in terms of the outside scene of that stadium. I know it's always been crazy, but I'm telling you it's gotten crazier over the last couple years and not in a good way. Here it goes, Walker. You talk about the potential for night games the, the rest of the season. Don't rule out a Kentucky. Don't rule out a Missouri for a night game, and here's why. Because those games, like you said, are not the most desirable in terms mm-hmm. of tiers of what you want to put on the TV, but it is still the number one, and I did say that it will be the number one Georgia Bulldogs facing Kentucky, facing Missouri, but here's the pecking order as I understand it. First pick is the 3.30 CBS kickoff. The second pick is the ESPN 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So that number two spot is pretty good. You want to get that yeah. 7 o'clock spot. The number three spot, believe it or not, it is not the worst game of the of the, uh, the conference schedule, but that noon kickoff is the number three spot. After that, the fourth pick is the 7.30 ESPN, ESPN2, right. SEC Network, and I think there's usually a couple of those games that will be in that late-night tier. There are going to be some weeks, and I don't have the helmet schedule in front of me. I do down the hall, but there's weeks where there's some really good SEC matchups and then there's Georgia, Kentucky, Georgia, yeah. Missouri, that may actually fall to that like fourth or even fifth pick. Yeah. But with Georgia being number one, that's where a lot of these noon kick come in, noon kicks, mm-hmm. because you didn't get 330, you didn't get the second pick, but that third pick, someone's like, ah, the Georgia Bulldogs are on the board, baby. That's what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. We know they bring eyes. Put them at noon on ESPN. Unfortunately, we've been in a little bit of a a stuck mess right in that spot, and it's it's unfortunate, but... Don't put it past for Kentucky to be pretty bad this year and Missouri to be pretty bad this year, and we actually get a true night game between the hedges. I am expecting one of those two, or Ole Miss, like you said, to be yeah. a full-on night game. It may not be the opponent we wanted against, but at least we'll get a real night game in Athens. 
Well, I hope. So you want your game to not be the best game of the week. Unless and you love that 330. I, I like the 330 I do, I do too. I have I do no too. problem with it. This but, was, But yes, if to your point, if you want yeah, a night game, you don't right. want to be the best game of the week. This was the confusion when we played Tennessee last year, and everyone and, and their mom and their brother was yelling, well, this is the best game of the week. Why isn't it at night? And it's like because the best game of the week is at 3.30. It's the way it's been for years, we, decades. We always knew that game was going to be at 3.30. Mm. If you want a night game, you want to be the second or the fourth best or game. Or fifth. <laughs> of the week. So, yeah, your now, game's com- compelling, but not that compelling. Now, if you really suck, you get stuck in that mysterious 4 o'clock oh. SEC Network game, which you don't ever want to be in. I still don't believe that's nah. a real thing. We've been on it like twice. It's terrible. <laughs> All right, Walker, we got to hit a break. we got a lot more to get to scheduling talk sec spring meetings the braves are in uh they've been kind of going back and forth these last couple of weeks we'll get to all of that next second string podcast wgau now back to the second string on 98.7 fm and am 1340 wgau athens news and weather station drums please What's the most summer thing you've done so far, Walker, as we are now a couple weeks into our summertime? You know, I haven't been to the pool or haven't been to the lake or any of that stuff yet. Uh, We did take a nice walk around the neighborhood the other night. That's great, Walker. I can tell that it's summertime, though, because uh, two weeks ago, there wouldn't have been kids running around the neighborhood at 8 o'clock at night. Now you got kids running around at 8. 8.30, 8.30, 9 o'clock. I'm like, this is no, my time. It is your time, but do you not? I think you stay up a little bit later than me, but you mentioned it earlier. We're up very early for our radio mm-hmm. shows. I let the dog out right before I go to bed, and it is very much still glowing light outside because the sun has set, but it's light. And you're right. There are kids running around. Yeah. I can see the like back street, which is like several hundred yards back from me, but I can see them playing basketball. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. You guys are out shooting hoops. All you got to do tomorrow is wake up whenever you wake up, watch oh, The Price man. is Right, and go find somewhere to swim. That's a sweet That's life. That's all you got to do, man. Good, good time. kid in the summer. Mm. Yeah, we've been uh, kicking off our summer uh, lake season. You know, the Bookers, the Dinks. We got that lake house out in Lincoln County. Yeah, so man. the boat is in the water, Walker. We got the national championship flag flying off the back of that bad boy. We've taken in a few good sunsets so far. So I miss the lake life, the, man. Those I, spiked lemonades are flowing, man. I'm telling you. I, I used to uh, be very well acquainted with a family who had a house there on Lake Hartwell, and uh, we would go up there all the time. And I, I miss those lazy days out on the lake. Do they sell it or what? A whole lot of You just nothing. don't like them anymore. I just don't like them anymore. I get man. it. I just got tired of those people. Totally get it. I got people like that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Mm. Uh, no, you know what? It's, it's summertime in Bogart these days. So uh, my favorite summertime activity is now walking up to Stripling's General Store to get a barbecue sandwich. You walk to Stripling's? I can. Can you, can you really? House. No way. Absolutely I Holy can. Holy cow. That's, that's living the good life I right know, there, man. man. Um. All right, what is going to happen, Walker? And look, there's a very real chance, I'll preface this, by the time you're listening later today or Friday or into the weekend, that we may already know what the SEC future schedule is going to look like, but there's a lot of debate happening right now. Are you as staunch feet in the mud about we need a nine-game schedule or else, or can you get on board with this seven or eight-game format that is being proposed right now? 
I can get on board with the eight game format. I think I think nine is preferable to most of us. I think mm-hmm. more SEC games is a good thing. That means less, as you say, cash for clunker games that you have to deal with. And if you're a season ticket holder, that's understandable. But, you know, Georgia has kind of remedied that already by scheduling a lot of big home-and-home series uh, over the next decade or so. Uh, Really, I'm fine either way, but I prefer the nine-game schedule because I like the idea of just more meaningful football being played. I like the nine. and What the nine does that the eight doesn't is it preserves a lot of games that I want preserved. Georgia-Auburn will not be played in an eight-game format every year. Uh, it'll be played every other year, unfortunately, and it would be home one year, away two years later, and so on and mm-hmm. so on. Um, the nine-game schedule preserves that stuff. Tennessee, Alabama. I mean, there's other SEC traditions that – may not mean much to us but they yeah. sure as heck mean a lot to a lot of other people so is that your um is that your six and three so the the nine game would be the three or like yeah either way six three three six mm-hmm. if you want to word that three permanent opponents mm-hmm. and then you're rotating the other six games a year based on whatever cycle you get into with the rest of the teams uh that's that's good that's great but I'm not as doom and gloom as I was earlier about the eight-game schedule, although I'll say over and over and over, I want the nine. I would much prefer the nine. But if we get the eight, here's the way this is going to work, and it's very safely assumed that Georgia and those lousy, stinky, nasty, smelly, repulsive, tax-cheating, make you throw up in your mouth, slap your mama, cowardly, future boots, Purses. Go Gators. Those Gators. Horrendous. And the Bulldogs will be permanent rivals. That's just well safely assumed, and they're going to play down in Jacksonville. Well, here's the way the other seven games would work. We're getting rid of divisions. That's key here. Mm -hmm. So you're not playing Missouri, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Tennessee, South Carolina, who am I missing here, whatever, every single year. Tennessee. Tennessee. What you would play instead is Florida every year, assumingly down in Jacksonville Mm -hmm. or home and home, whatever. That doesn't matter. The other seven games would be uh, seven other SEC teams, obviously. Now, do the math on this. And then the next year would be the other seven SEC Mm -hmm. teams. So seven plus seven plus you in Florida, that equals 16. We can do that, Matt. No, it's 16. Seven plus seven plus me and Florida? You got that right. Okay. You told me there'd be no math on this podcast. Two national championships. That's the only number I care about is two, Kareen. Got it. Uh, So, yeah, so 16 teams total in the SEC with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma. That means, Walker, now let me sell you on this. That means that every four years, a four-year cycle, let's talk freshman up to his senior year. Forget that fifth-year eligibility. That's for Mm -hmm. losers. We don't do red shirts here in Athens. No, we don't. We, we get. We get players in and out of the program as fast as possible wasn't because the, they're NFL worthy. Wasn't the mailman here for 15 years? I don't want to talk about that. Okay. Yeah, with two national championships right. and a bunch of trophies. Dang right. So here we go. Four years, 16 schools, one permanent opponent, seven and seven. Mm-hmm. You will visit every single SEC stadium, and every single opponent will come between the hedges every four years years i like that right now you've got situations where one a&m has only been here once and we haven't been to a&m alabama's been here once in the last 10 years Mm -hmm. or uh, even more than that last uh, 15 years 
uh, LSU, all those things. So that is good. Yeah, I gotta. I need to wrap my head around the fact that you're going to play this set of seven teams one year, and the next year you're not playing any of them unless mm-hmm. you meet in the SEC championship game, and then you'll play the other seven. And then home and away, home and away. So a four-year cycle keeps you against Florida every single year, but you get to go to more SEC places. You get to bring more SEC teams in. That's not terrible. But you're still missing out on one additional SEC game, which I do want, and it opens up the door for more of those cash for clunkers. Now, Kirby's been very adamant he wants to make the non-conference schedule tough, and we, we have that in the future right now, yeah. and that's a good thing. So when the news breaks, if it hasn't already by the time you're listening to this, that we're going to go eight-game schedule, and maybe it's even for a short, short-term, not long-term if it was a long term, I'm not going to kick and scream and cry and say that this is pathetic because it's really not. I like that new format, if well, that's fair. I think it depends on how the rotation shakes out. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if one year you have Mizzou and Vandy and Kentucky on your schedule, uh, and then the next year you've got Bama, LSU, and Texas, it's mm-hmm. like, well, you know, that's not totally fair. And that's the thing. Behind the scenes, there's going to have to be some very real conversation of, one, who are the best teams, the middle teams, mm-hmm. and the, the garbage teams now? Garbage. And who do we forecast those to be for the next 10 or 15 years? Because you yeah. cannot, like you said, put a situation where one year Georgia's going to have Alabama, mm-hmm. LSU, Texas, Texas A&M, and throw another decent team out there, a Tennessee who's got no better. problem, no problem. And then the next year we'll have all the, the bottom feeders. Right, you're gonna have to balance those out for everybody. Mm-hmm. And no matter what, someone is gonna look at that schedule and say, "Man, why'd we get the short end of this stick?" <laughs> well, probably because you're not an upper tier team. Let's just put it that way. And but you didn't win two national championships. Exactly. So there's gonna be some some disagreement, no matter what. But. The way I'm getting the information or seeing this is they may go ahead and latch on to the eight mm-hmm. team for the short term with the intention of waiting yet another year to figure out what the long-term future is going to be. Well, I would hate it for the Deep South's oldest rivalry mm-hmm. to uh, end at least on a yearly basis. Yeah, but, War Eagle. Uh, <laughs> I love that clip. Yeah, War Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> But like you said, sounds, oh, like, sounds I, like they're about. I, I miss Dan Mullen. It sounds like they're about to start a tickle pile. I love mm. it. Uh, <laughs> but you would at least get uh, Auburn. And look, this does remedy the other problem that you brought up uh, for fans like us that like to travel to uh, opposing teams' stadiums and other campuses. Uh, when Texas A&M joined the SEC in 1942, we all assumed that we would uh, be going to visit College Station at some point. And uh, here we are, 60 years later, and Georgia has not been to Texas A&M, mm-hmm. uh, that's a frustrating thing for me. So, yeah, I'd love to go out there once every four years. Yeah, so bottom line, both models solve some problems. And that's that's what you need to remember is if you don't get the one you want, you're still going to have a lot of problems addressed. It is a very good thing for just the conference play, man. So there, there's some good years ahead. I think that's that's what we can conclude. And I'm all for it, Walker. And, again, your uh, I guess your benefit to the nine-game schedule would be a less boring mm-hmm. non-conference games. UT uh, Martin Ball State UAB does nothing for me, Walker. Right. Nothing. And and B, you get to keep 
three common opponents, mm-hmm. which you know for us I guess would be Tennessee, Auburn, Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's here's I'm going to give credit where it's due at Dog Stats over on Twitter. Good people, mm-hmm. by the way. I don't know if you saw this graphic they came up with. They did all the research, and I'm going to read it and give them the credit for it. They did a 10-year sample size, so 2013 through 2022, 10 seasons of Georgia football. Your home games, you've had 35 SEC home games between the hedges, Walker. Mm -hmm. Most schools have more than that because we choose every other year to go to Gainesville. So keep that in mind. You only get 35 as opposed to others that have 40 or even 41 by some other, other schools. Okay. Of those 35 SEC games between the hedges, Walker, 14, which is about, what, 40-something percent, were against Missouri, Vanderbilt, and South Carolina. (laughs) Three schools represent 40% of SEC home games in Athens in 10 years, Missouri, Vanderbilt, and South Carolina. That's not good. And and I get that's a Gainesville conversation, too. That, That includes that. But getting rid of these divisions drastically increases better team cycling through Athens. It does, but don't you get something out of the idea, and it didn't used to be this way with South Carolina, but it kind of has been recently. Don't you get something out of the idea that you kind of know every year Mm -hmm. that you're going to beat Kentucky, you're probably going to beat Missouri, you're probably going to beat Vanderbilt, Mm -hmm. and you're probably going to beat South Carolina. It limits... uh, and it's not like you want to be afraid of competition, but it does make you feel a little more confident going into the season, saying, well, at least mm-hmm. you know we got those games in the bag. Here are the non-SEC games that have played. This goes back to that we need less of these cash for clunkers. Here's the non-SEC games played in Athens between the hedges the last 10 years. Again, all this thanks to at Dog Stats. Go give them a follow on Twitter. Uh, Georgia Tech four times, Walker. That's it? Samford, M with an M, two times. Samford, Charleston Southern has come twice. One of those was a Jordan Davis rushing touchdown. I remember that day. It was a good day. Your wife's alma mater, Appalachian State, has come here twice. Yeah, uh, that's true. And And lost both. All the rest of these are one time. Clemson, Mm -hmm. Arkansas State, North Texas, Georgia Southern, (laughs) Troy, Austin P. Nickel State, Kent State, Notre Dame. There's a good one. Mm -hmm. Louisiana Southern, not Southern Miss, just Southern. Uh, University of Massachusetts, that's UMass, mm-hmm. UAB, Middle Tennessee, Murray State, and Louisiana Monroe. Those need to be replaced with <laughs> conference football games. Mm. Period. Don't you want like one or of better those, Don't you want like one of those games a year though? Yes. Well, if you go to this model, you're going to get at least okay. one of those games. No I, doubt about I, I'm it. I'm saying I don't want. Do these... I want it? No. Do I see where it's necessary? Sure. I don't want them eliminated because I do enjoy. Uh, a Saturday afternoon at Sanford Stadium when you're playing uh, a team like UMass or Austin P, where it's like there is absolutely no stress about the game. You're just going to enjoy your tailgate. You're going to enjoy being with your friends. You're going to enjoy sitting out in the stadium. Hopefully it's beautiful weather. You can bring your kids. You don't have to worry about everybody being drunk in the stadium. Um, <laughs> there is something about that that the I like. The 4-H days is what people call those. Is names. that right? 4-H days. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, no, I get your point. I'm not going to argue you because there is there is – importance to sharing it with the younger one, kids in a better atmosphere. One of those games a year, yeah. not three. Exactly. There you go. Exactly. If, if that was my ultimatum, yes, give me one yeah. all day long and let's keep all those great home and homes we have in the near future on the schedule too. I don't under, I don't understand people's mindsets where they're like, we have to have 
eight or nine home games a year. Like, no, you don't. Mm. Go travel to cool places. Oh, yeah. Go go take over South Bend. Go head out to uh, – where else have we been recently? I went to Starkville went to last year. That went, was fun. You went to Charlotte for Clemson, which yeah. I'd rather be home and home. Uh, but still, I'd rather play a neutral site chi- – mm-hmm. uh, what is it? The uh, Duke's Mayo kickoff or the Chick-fil-A <laughs> kickoff against Oregon. I'll take those over cash for clunkers. For sure. Although I'd rather be going to Clemson, going to Eugene, Oregon. But that's that's coming. We're, we got those scheduled in the future. You don't want to go to Clemson, man. It's too hot there. I've only been once and we lost the game. And you're right. It was so miserably hot in 2013 mm. that it was a night game. and I, It was terrible. Terribly hot. 38-35, I think that final score was. That was kind of a heartbreaker. That was not a good night. Malcolm Mitchell tore his ACL celebrating a tud I know. touchdown, man. How are you going to tear your ACL That's celebrating? Saying, man. You got, got fired on my day off, man. <laughs> anyway, a lot happening right now. Talking season is just getting started. We're, we're not that far from SEC media days. Do you realize that? That we're well within our 100-day countdown, a week into it, and media days is like five weeks away. Yeah. So, or maybe six, but we're it's coming, man. We got a lot of stuff that's going to happen between now and UT Martin at six o'clock on September second. I'm here for all of it, man. This is kind of where it slows down. I feel like there's been a lot going on uh, around here recently. You know, baseball and softball season just wrapped up, and uh, you know, you've had uh, uh, playoffs in in the other sports. The Braves have been hot. There's majors in golf, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, you're going to hit a point here in a couple of weeks, Logan. Uh, where the Braves are going to be about your only sports entertainment mm. for the next seven or eight weeks, mm. and it's like, all right, well, that's that's where we're uh, we are. We got the heat of the summer coming now, you up. Speak but for yourself. I got the WNBA cranking up, Walker. I, I got Atlanta United too, but mostly it's just the Braves and. Hey, talking season's in full swing, and you, you start to get real hungry for those mm-hmm. Saturday afternoons and afternoons. You'll get those little little glimpses, little little mm-hmm. spikes where you get a big recruit. Uh, you'll get media days. You'll get little things like mm-hmm. that. But you're right, man. That malaise of summer is about to settle in here in Athens town, man. Nine, Enjoy. 93 days. Walker segment coming up. Tease the people, Walker. We're talking Braves. Ooh. I'm uh, losing uh, two out of three to... <laughs> The sorry, lousy Oakland Athletics. What are you uh, doing? Is this the big beginning of the end, Logan? Who is Eddie Rosario and where the hell did he come from? <laughs> nah, we're fine, man. Don't worry about those A's. We'll talk about we it. We were thinking about golf. All right, we'll come back and talk <laughs> Braves on the other side. Second string podcast, WGAU. You're listening to the second string on 98.7 FM and AM 1340, WGAU, Athens News and Weather Station. The Wiz Kids had won it, Bobby Thompson had done it, and Yogi read the comics all the while. Rock and roll was being born, marijuana we would scorn. The hell did that man just say? Mm-mm. So down on the corner, the national pastime went on. Let's do a quick fact check. Yeah, Kareem admits to smoking the wacky tobacco <laughs> back in the day. I get it. Kareem didn't know. We were all young at one point. Baseball, Walker. How about those Oakland Athletics? I hope we get revenge for that series loss in October, baby. Oh, Give me the them. A's in the World Series. That's going to be a huge series, man. I look forward to it. And uh, all 27 people at Oakland's stadium there, they, they will enjoy it as well. Look, I don't even have an excuse. The Braves just went out there thinking about golf. 
And, and I mean, I'm serious Oof. about that. Let me explain what I mean by that. I listened to Ben Ingram. First of all, the scheduling was terrible. You yeah. had the night game in Atlanta against the Phillies Sunday night, and then what equates to a 5 o'clock first pitch in Oakland I'll the very next that. day. What the heck is that? I'll give you that as an excuse for losing yeah. game one. But Ben Ingram on Sunday's radio call, I was driving through town, he, he admitted, he was like, man, I've never seen more golf clubs mm-hmm. in the personal baggage of these players. Here's why, Walker. They had three in Oakland Today, we're recording on a Thursday. They're off. Mm-hmm. They're in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. Are there nice golf courses in Phoenix, Arizona? There sure are. Can these guys afford to get on some of those nice golf they courses? They sure can. Had they just finished up 20 games in 20 days? They sure did. They were thinking about the golf courses, man, and instead they forgot to bring the bats to the darn batter's box. So just a bad couple of mm. days. Maybe it's coaching that we lost. I don't know. That was just a bad look. Well, but is it indicative to how the Braves are? No, the Braves are way better than that. No, but I mean, if we had won two out of three, everybody would be fine. Mm-hmm. If, if you lose two out of three, so everybody's wringing their hands, and uh, it's okay. At the end of the day, it's not going to hopefully uh, affect how the season plays out. But what you hate to see is okay, you split four with the Phillies. Now, prior mm-hmm. to that, the Braves had had a really tough schedule. Okay, so you gave him kind of a pass for being like win, lose, win, lose. Uh, then you split four with the Phillies. Would have really liked to have won three of those at home. Then you go out to Oakland, you lose two out of three. And now you got to go to Arizona, who's a pretty decent team, and, and, and play them. So this has not been a great stretch. Uh, again, we're dealing with a lot with the pitching staff right now. So for the Braves to be 10 games over five hundred as we record this, uh, with all the pitching problems they've had, that's probably really, really good. But, you know, when you see the Braves only scoring one run the other night at Oakland, uh, you know, Ozuna from the Braves <laughs> is struggling again. I uh, love that. I saw a, a custom jersey that said, oh, I'm Ozuna from, from the Braves. From the Braves. <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, you know, Riley's not hitting the ball all of a sudden anymore. Um, even Ronnie, I think, had a couple of offers. So, we just got to get the bats back on track, and we'll the pitching fine. will come back as soon as people get healthy. It was good to see uh, Mike Soroka. By the way, why is he Michael Soroka all of a sudden? He grew up. Uh, it's good to see Michael Soroka back on the mound the other night. He gave up four runs, but really only made a few mistakes. One of those was a three-run homer. Uh, but it was just good to see him back out there. Hopefully that'll help us yeah, out. Yeah, he looked good. His mechanics were all different after multiple injuries and mm-hmm. whatnot, but I, I, I've got optimism again. I didn't have it for a while. I'm back to being optimistic that Michael Soroka, yeah, he told us in spring training he's just he's a big boy now, wants to go That's by right, Michael. Man. Whatever, go for it, man. Whatever you want, brother. So yeah, good to see him back. We'll have a couple more outings uh, the next few days, I guess, from him, and, and let's see what you got. I will say that I went to Truist Park over the weekend. I was there for the Friday night game against the Phils. Did we win that one? Lost that no, one 6-4. to four. Um, mm. But I just had a really, really great mm. time, and I, every year I say it, if you – haven't been to a game or you haven't been to a game in a long time i encourage you to go to a game yeah the one game i went to this year we lost i had didn't care <laughs> leaving yeah. i had so I much really fun i really didn't either i had a great time i mean the in-game entertainment is so good there at truist park the food's great the it, it's convenient it's easy to get in and out of there the battery of course is amazing go have a good time Love it, man. What else is on the Walker segment? You got one minute and 51 seconds. Plenty of time to break down the Nuggets and the Heat Who in you the going for? NBA Finals. If the Nuggets don't win, I'll be very surprised. But I've been very surprised all along. Obviously, the Heat were the eight seed 
coming into the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. How did they get here? Uh, well, they got some really good players. And they did. They, they got hot all kind of at the same I, time. I will be mentally rooting for Denver. I don't care if they win or lose, to be honest with you, but I want Denver to win. Are you a Nikola um, Jokic Hey, fan? good job. Nikola Jokic. I learned how to say that this week I'm on the trying, ref. I'm I think trying. he's pretty good. He is really I haven't good. Watched, I haven't watched him play he much. He was MVP like six times in a row. But I will watch more NBA Finals than I do any NBA the rest of the year. Real quick, history either way, the Denver's never won a Finals. First Finals they've ever been in. Mm-hmm. An eight seed, Miami has has never won the final. So okay. either way, we got history going on. And uh, look over the other side, NHL Stanley Cup Finals. You've got the Florida Panthers as an eight seed mm-hmm. out of Miami. What's going on with eight seeds from Miami right now? It's crazy. I don't know. Uh, taking on the Golden Knights of Las Vegas, Ooh, Walker. Yeah. So uh, I don't care who wins that one either. But how about this? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday of next week, mm-hmm. you've got an NBA Finals, mm-hmm. Stanley Cup. NBA Finals, Stanley Cup. Four straight nights in the city of Miami yep. being the epicenter. How cool is that? I'm good with that. I wish these games didn't start. At eight yeah, that's though. true, man. That's, those kids are playing basketball outside, and <sighs> I got to go to bed. I got to go to bed too. All right, Walker, you got twenty seconds left in the Walker segment. If you want to yield your time or use it, I'd just say enjoy your summer. Ninety-three days. Mm-hmm. What did you say? Until those back-to-back national champions are back between the hedges for a night game. Well, it's good to be back. We're gonna go jump over and do a quick entertainments on iTunes. Everybody else have a great rest of your weekend. Second string on WGAU. NCAA BS BCS Championship Bowl game. Let me be clear, we've had a playoff. The win makes Urban Myers the fifth active coach for multiple national titles. Two national championships. Percy Harvey for Urban Myers. Tim Tebow. The team, uh, the highest scoring offense to just 14 points. I don't really like Florida. Not whatsoever. So how about Good to have Nolan in on that bit now. Nolan is the perfect soundbite to combat the Kareem Brown remix every single entertainment show, Walker. Welcome, Nolan. I don't really like Florida either. Don't forget your paycheck. I'm always a gator hater. I don't really like Florida. Not whatsoever. He doesn't just not like Florida. Not whatsoever. (laughs) Got to throw the not whatsoever in on that, man. You know, we all feel the same way. I'll start off real quick entertainments. Right. Um, we had one of our listeners, and I, I'm completely – I lost it over here on the Twitters. I'm sorry. Asked about Silo. Oh, yeah. Silo on Apple TV, and this is like weeks ago. We've been so out of the yes. loop that he tweeted at us, and I responded. I was like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. I love this show. This is a good show. It's over on Apple TV Plus, like I said, Rambo. You stayed with it. It's a post-apocalyptic world, we think. that That's the deal here, is there is an underground silo. Mm-hmm. And think way bigger than a farm silo. Okay, okay. Silo is just a shape. It's not this size. I'm talking it goes way, way, way underground. There are like 10,000 people living in this silo. But you get these clues throughout that they don't know why they're there. 
history was erased like a hundred years ago by mm-hmm. some big rebellion. They don't have records of what happened prior to, and now that they're multiple generations into this living underground, they don't know why they're there. But they're living a full functioning society as as best you can underground in this structure. Okay. If there's rules, by the way, and not to get too deep into this, but one of the rules of this society is if you ever get mad or frustrated and say, I want to go outside, right? that is punishable by death immediately oh. by sending you outside. Oh. You are not allowed to say you don't want to be there, and if you do, they, they call it cleaning, and here's why. There's like this little camera that shows the outside apocalyptic world. Mm-hmm. And when you're sentenced to death by this, they say, hey, we're going to put you in this gear. Go survive as long as you can. And will you do us a favor and will you clean off the camera before you go <laughs> off to die? Well, everybody, they do that when they get sentenced to death. They wipe the camera <laughs> off and they walk a few steps and they wind up the atmosphere kills them. Well, there's these theories, Walker, that are they being told the truth? Mm. Are the people that walk outside actually dying, or is this what the government of the silo wants you to think? Ooh. I don't know. There's a lot of mysteries, and that's what the show is, is unpacking just what the heck is going on right here. And, and uh, some good characters and, and a lot happening. I'm, I'm only a few episodes in. This is being released week by week. I think there's five episodes available now. Okay. And it's really good. I, this is kind of my genre. I like this kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so this is kind of new. It is. It okay. just came out a few weeks ago. It is based on some books. Mm-hmm. So there may be people familiar with the whole situation. I have not read the books. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be surprised every week when the show comes out. But mm. people are loving this show, man. I'm, I'm into it right now. I like very, very it. into it. That could be uh, my kind of show as mm-hmm. well. That sounds like something I would be interested in. It's a good deal. And, and ladies are pretty in this show. Well, that's always that's a plus. what I'm talking about. Is One Anna of them, Kendrick in it? Uh, no, okay. otherwise it'd be, uh, I would have led the, the podcast <laughs> with it, not just entertainment. <laughs> Got it. But that's all I've really been watching, other than uh, season one of Survivor. You want to hear about that? Uh, no, I uh, remember. Uh, right. Richard Hatch won a million dollars, right? Well, spoil it for everybody else, man. <laughs> 23 years later, you're yeah. spoiling season one well, of Survivor. If you're not familiar with season one, uh, mm-hmm. Go watch it anyway because it's highly entertaining. It is very. Oh, fi- one final thing I say it every year. I'll say it again. America's Got Talent oh, is yeah. back, baby. It's your favorite. It is so corny. It's cheap. There's some good. There's some bad. There's some some horrendous. There's some amazing. But every Tuesday night between now and football, I get stupid human tricks, and I like that. Is uh, Heidi Klum still You're on? You're darn right she is. Well, then I'll be watching. That's a good, good reason to watch. <laughs> She's rather fetching. She is fetching. I can't believe she used to be married to Seal. Mm. That's weird. But what I digress. Uh, all of the shows <laughs> that I am watching are ending, and it's making me sad. Um Mrs. Maisel is done. Mm, forever, ever, or just... It's done, man. I, the, uh, I watched the series finale uh, just What'd last you think? night. I will say this. I think season five, the uh, last season, it was a little slow at first. I got to a point where I almost was not interested unless Midge or Susie were involved. Like When the other characters were on, I was just like, eh, kind of want to fast forward. But the last three or four episodes really focused in on them. And the last episode was, honest to God, kind of a, a tearjerker for mm. me. So I uh, really enjoyed the last season of that. Also, uh, Ted Lasso, the final episode of the series, was released Wait, this so, week. Th- so it's over? It's over. I thought they were season wrapping up. 
season three is the last season. There so this, will be no more Ted Lasso. So this is probably going to go down as one of those like greatest shows ever that had very little to watch. Right. Well, people really uh, have complained about season three. And I understand it was a little slow at first. Probably the first half of season three was there wasn't a whole lot great going on. But I will say that they more than made up for it. These last few episodes have been some of the best they've ever done. So just stick with it. It's worth it. And I, I hate it that it's gone. Mm. Uh, but I will always remember Richmond AFC. Um, what was the song we can't sing? Roy, Roy Kent Roy, He's uh, here. Yeah. He's there. He's every. <laughs> I guess you're going to tell me about Succession next. You're sad that it's over? Succession, uh, I am not sad that it's over because let me fill you in on a little secret, Logan. I never watched it. Come on, <clears> man. I, uh, I just started I watched it, like though. two episodes and I never fell into it. I, I would like to. I hear it's great. I just started it and the reason I did is because I follow trends and everyone... All, your mom and them, all of them have been talking about Succession uh, because the series ended this past weekend. And uh, I was like, okay, I want to find out what all this hype is about. I watched the first two episodes just like you. I'm interested in it. I'm going to keep watching it. But uh, so far what I've seen is a bunch of uh, angry, rich men kind of uh, working these business deals. Did you see something along the lines during the finale that there was a t-shirt that was worn by yep. one of the characters that Yeah. And, and I guess the, the on the show on on the show they normally wear uh, they showcase like really expensive things. Mm -hmm. And what's the deal with this shirt? He's just wearing like a kind of standard shirt that you might get from Walmart uh, and someone found a shirt that was not identical mm -hmm. but very similar at Walmart and <laughs> it's like seven bucks it became yeah it really was and so it just became this big social media thing and now Walmart all over the country they've been selling out of these t-shirts there you go it's a it's a good show it's one that I think I will like it, it's it reminds me of the wire or breaking bad or something like that uh it's one that Dr. Walker will hate all right, off the top of your head, because it's rewatch season, Walker. Mm -hmm. One of our favorite seasons of the year. Mm -hmm. One of these days, it's going to be so hot that you don't even want to go fish. Ugh. You don't even want to get in the lake. It's going to be so Ugh. miserably I don't even hot. Think about that. That you're going to say, "I'm staying in the recliner. Mm. Make sure my legs don't stick together when I go outside. I'm going to sit here and rewatch a Georgia mm -hmm. football game. Which one are you watching right now? If that was that day. Oh man. I actually have, I'm going to give you a good one. I have watched The Midnight Miracle mm -hmm. a couple of times and recently. And I've watched that fourth quarter like 17 yeah. times already. So I think I'll go back to last year and uh, watch the Clemson game where Georgia sacked DJ Uyunglele mm. about 12 times. I mean, to outside of those sacks, that is such a boring game. Really I know you is. were you were there and you it had a really great time, is. but that is not high entertainment rewatch. I'm just warning hey, you. It started this whole thing. But it did start everything. I'm going to say go watch Georgia beat up on Dan and his Ducks. Oh, yeah. That was a really good mm -hmm. showcase of a, my God, these Georgia Bulldogs aren't going anywhere game. Mm. So I say go watch that from start to finish when it gets too hot, and you're going to enjoy every bit of it. Good stuff. All right, Walker, I gots to go. Good to have us back. Not you back. Good to have us back. You heard Glad that? Glad to be back. Glad to be back. We'll uh, we'll do some more shows summertime in full effect. 
I got vacation in a couple weeks. Keep that in mind. I'm getting on a big boat bouncing around some islands, baby. Have fun, man. Have fun. Go dogs. Go Second String Podcast. We'll be back next week. Second String WGAU. What are the 1980s? That's right. Go Gator. Percy Harvey. Tim Tebow. Coach Irvin Myers. One, two, three, four, five. Then the Gators don't take no jive. How about here's some jive for you, Kareen? I don't really like Florida. Not whatsoever. That everything is just not all equal. I'm always a Gator hater. I don't really like Florida. Not whatsoever. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.